On this Byron Lazine podcast, I get to sit down with Doug Edrington. He's a member of my mastermind. Doug owns a Berkshire Hathaway home service franchise in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He's got a brokerage, a team. He's going to do over 1,000 transactions this year. They did just under 1,000 transactions last year. He's number one in his market year after year. He's got so much leadership information. Can't wait for you to enjoy this podcast. Leave me a comment on what you thought, by the way. And also, if you want to get on the level of somebody like a Doug Edrington, if you're trying to grow your business in this way, check out the link for Sisu below. Sisu, every team that gets on Sisu increases their business by over 100% annual volume. And single agents increase their volume on average by 28% once they get on Sisu. It's how you actually automate your business. If you're sick of a million different logins and you don't know where your business should transact online, you've got to check out Sisu. It's going to help you streamline everything you're doing. Check out the link and get on Sisu today. Let me know what you think about this pod with Doug. All right, sitting here with the number one team in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Got to be number one. Yeah, it, for I sure. mean, even if you're not, thanks for having you're, us. You're the best team. in Tennessee. I can't say in Tennessee. No, Chattanooga. In Chattanooga, yeah. Chattanooga yeah. by far. I'd say we may, maybe number two in Tennessee. I don't know. Like, like There's a big that. dog in Nashville. Lo- yeah, well, Nashville's bigger, bigger market too. Much bigger, yeah. So, Doug Edrington, welcome back to the podcast. We did a podcast thanks. a couple years ago. Yeah, it's been it's been too long. Maybe before actually it's been before too long. The, you got, you got a lot more gadgets now. Lot, yeah, lot there's a lot more going on. Bobby's stepped it up here with podcast production. I mean, if we have a fire in this hotel, it's going to be because of all these wires right here for sure. So, Doug, I uh, really admire what you've built over the years. Not only the Edrington sales team, but you also have the Berkshire Hathaway brokerage yeah. in Chattanooga. One of the most beautiful offices you'll ever see in the real estate space. Fun, interactive, ahead of its time. When did you open that up? Uh, went out there. Four years ago this month, last month. We're right at four years. The way yeah. you designed it was way ahead of its time because you had all this like shared working space, private working space, place to have fun, rooftop bar. Now you took over the building next door, right? So you yeah, have yeah. But you hadn't expanded. seen that. You I haven't seen, seen that. that yet. Yeah, no. we got a full. Event. Get we there. have a full event space now, so it's it's uh, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so you can do bigger events. Obviously, you bought that during covid how big of a risky move is no, that we bought it i thought you bought, bought it during pre- covid no we bought it pre-covid or right we bought before it pre-covid yeah we had had no idea what we we're gonna event into. space in 2000 of january 2020 yeah it was yeah <laughs> we, we had the whole idea of making an event space but then the brokerage started growing it was just kind of like you know the the we're not we're not event space people we're real estate yeah. people right and so i started looking into it and it the more and more we got into it we're like you know what i'm gonna be fighting my own clients to rent the event space out for the space. Right. And so, cause I mean, we're in it, we're in it weekly now. The company's grown all enough the to where we need the space for all of our meetings and everything like that. So it's been great. No, I love the office. So I want to get into that. The team, uh, the brokerage, I don't know. Let's start with the team. Yeah. You guys are going to do, what do you think you're going to do team and brokerage this year? So the team's goal is 839 units this year. Bang. Yep, we did 504 last year. I think we're I think we're on pace for that. Um, just hired a recruiter, so that's kind of a big move. Seems yeah. to be the hot topic this past year. Growth so growth and expansion. Growth, 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 and um, and uh, and the brokerage is 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 growing as well. And I, you know, we'll definitely. I don't know. I'd, I'd I'd say probably this year we'll probably land about maybe 1,200 units all in. Mm. You know, so um, but we're with the brokerage, we're just teams 
only. So we don't have any solo agents or anything like that. And so, so, so your Berkshire Hathaway brokerage is what I would call in the, the new word that you're going to keep hearing more and more over the next three to five years. It's a team ridge, right? It's like, you've got your team inside the brokerage yes. and then you have other teams that I'm sure can take some of the plays that you're running and, and, implement into their team or what kind of support are you giving? Yeah, that's why, that's why they're there. It's, it's kind of cool. Um, because we had the team first, we've been, we've been, you know, the team was, it got started in 2004. We only worked it for one brokerage the whole time Mm -hmm. until it was, it was time to spread our wings and get our own space. And then, and, um, so, you know, one of the benefits we have as starting as a team is every agent that has come to us, they're coming for the team model, even the other teams that have joined our brokerage. And cause I have, you know, a bunch of buddies that own brokerages that have the more traditional model solo agents. Yeah. They're like, I want to start a team, but how did you do that? And not like piss off all your other agents. Right. And I'm like, I, I didn't have to have that hurdle. You yeah. know, they all came to emulate the team or not emulate, but you know, like emulate pieces of it, but still have their own cultures. So it's, it's, uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Service wise, you know, it's, 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 we're, we're more of a, a coaching company, I guess you could say, you know, my, my, my role with the other teams is to coach them, work with mm-hmm. leaders, work with their sales teams. Um, you Are know, you doing coaching with, for Tom Ferry too right now? Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. So Doug's Tom Ferry coach. You got a lot of experience coaching. Yeah, so I had I had a four year run coaching, took uh, about two years off, and then recently got the got the invite to come back uh, with the new some of the new coaching programs they're doing, and I got excited about it, and I was like, time to keep growing. You know, how many coaching clients do you have? Uh, just got started last month. I've just t- picked up three teams. Yeah, um, pretty pretty notable teams, and then um, I'm, I'll pick up a few more. I, I want I don't want to take my focus away from the brokers though. Yeah, so you're coaching some teams through Tom Ferry, mm-hmm. you know, three teams, and then you're coaching the teams that are in your brokerage. Correct. And then you're coaching your team. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Three different hats basically you're wearing every yeah. day, but yeah. it's all the same. But it's all this. It's all the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all the same. Do you have to like switch on and off, or are you just like go all day? Uh, no, I just go all day, right? Just I go. mean, I mean, what else do we do? It's just wake up, follow, follow the calendar. Live by the schedule, right? Yeah. Um, yeah what's a Doug Edrington calendar look like? Uh, you know, most mornings I'm in the office by eight thirty, mm-hmm. and um, and just meeting, meeting, meeting. It's either I'm coaching a sales team, or I'm coaching an individual, or I'm working with the staff. You guys face to face or Zoom? Uh, in the brokerage, face to face. Yeah, in the brokerage, face to face. It's it's it's. It's it's a little bit, you know it's a little bit more intimate setting when you're when you can be face to face classroom style yeah. or event room <clears throat> style or whatever whatever it may be um, makes makes role People playing a lot more fun more. you know you build relationships a little bit yeah. better that way and so uh, so I I enjoy doing it that way um, uh, we have got mentors on our team and we when they when our mentors are working with our mentees the new agents coming on board even though they could be face to face we actually like to do those trainings by by zoom just because they're recorded and the mentee can go back and watch them and, how's that work the mentor mentee uh it works it works really well so we've been doing it for i want to say easily 4 years now maybe longer no it's longer because it was before we had the brokerage um but we have uh i've got two uh really well qualified agents on our team that their job is to work with our new agents getting started for so how long uh, first 10 transactions. Okay. First 10 transactions. And Are they going on the deal with them or just their, um, does it work? So, so they can, they can, yeah. the, the real goal is, is it's getting them up and running as quickly as possible. You know, we, we, 
we look at, you know, all these other real estate agents across the country and what's the average stat for like, you know, how many deals does a new agent do in their first year if they make it? It's uh like two Couple. to six. Two to six. Two to six, yeah. Two to six. They say it's right? four to six. I think the four is bullshit, so I'm saying two to six. Yeah, you're probably right on that. But the stat is four to six, yeah. Okay. And yeah. so so Which you is know, you know is bullshit. It, well, the thing is, 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 I mean, there's such a churn rate. It's hard to tell. I mean, like, I mean, some, most people don't make it in their first year. This stat will tell you everything. 75% of the deals are being done by about 25% of the agents. Yeah. Right? And it's crazy. You probably know the stats better than I do, but like, like if you look at like what the top 5% or 10% does, it's like such a large yeah. amount of the volume. And so, and I think a teams have a lot to do with that too. Yeah. Right. And, and so, but but the way the mentorship works, though, is um, when a new agent comes on board, we want to get them to get as much income in their pocket as quickly as possible. But more importantly, that's just to survive. Yeah. We want them to get as much education as possible. Yeah. And so uh, first 30 days in the business is, is general of 30 days, is no leads, no deals. It's just hardcore training. So mm. our mentors meet with our uh, mentees twice a week. Um, via Zoom, you know, 45 minutes, very structured, start on time, end on time. Two 45 minute deals? Uh, a week. Yep. yep. Um, all the way through their first 10 deals. The mentors really start more as a, a trainer first. Mm. Um, and, and we, uh, we follow, we follow a syllabus that we've created, you know, I don't even say I created it. The mentors created it. The, the um, mentors are getting paid off the mentees deals. Their first yep. 10 deals. Yeah. They get half their paycheck. Yeah. And, and, you know, if you're hearing this and you're like, wow. That means the new agent doesn't get half of their paycheck. Yeah. Well, Ryan Serhant believes new agents should work for free for a year. So there you go. I know a lot of agents are following Ryan. Well, I mean, that's what he believes. Imagine, imagine the education level you're going to get on it because mm -hmm. everybody's going to pour into you because they're not worried about a deal. So there's yeah. a lot of value to that. Um, but, but yeah, half of the paycheck goes to the mentor. And and when I first started the mentorship, we just like anybody else getting started, it's like, oh, we'll give them five percent of the agent's deal. There's not enough skin in the game for the mentor to care. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't say care. They do care because they're doing it because they actually love teaching, love helping. But we want to get compensated for what we love doing too, right? That's right. And so um, I, I didn't like the situation of a of a, a mentor having to pick pick between a really good paycheck with their own clients or their mentees um, mm -hmm. for five percent. So we changed the pay model up. All of a sudden, it really started picking up quickly. So. First thirty days, we follow the syllabus. It's it's contract training certifications. Actually, it's it's contract certifications, script certification, buyer certification, tech certification, and then they've earned their lead flow. So your agent, when they do ten deals, they're like in year three. It sounds like they're oh no, all these certification. Meaning oh no, like no, experience wise, not actual year three. Like the yeah. experience they've gained, they're like another agent somewhere else that's like in their third year in the business. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. and and they're and they're not they're not sheltered from the rest of the team training. So they yeah. come to all of our meetings, all of our it, team trainings. They part one of the one of the most valuable pieces of the mentorship is the shadowing part. You yeah. know. And, and one of the things we learned is that one agent and mentee should not shadow just their mentor because you're, you're only going to learn, learn skills one way. Yeah. Right. And you wouldn't want to shadow me. Well, I got to say when, <laughs> back in the day, when, when I was, when I was Bobby working, shadows me. <laughs> when, I, when I was working with all the new agents back in the day before the mentorship, um, you know, they'd shadow me on 20, 30 listing presentations and then, and then them. we'd, we'd flip it. And they would be scared to death to talk yeah. um, because there's so much pressure. And then finally, when they do, they start telling my story. Right. And I was like, wait, no one likes to hear you talk about someone that they don't know 
and some random story and how you joined on, they want to hear your story. How did you get started? And so it was a big eye opener for me. So we just, we were like, you know what? They need to shadow everybody. And then we need to focus on them developing their own story. Plus like, I mean, you and I are in mastermind with Jill Biggs, right? Yeah. Oh, could you imagine? Imagine imagine like shadowing her. Like she's so charismatic. She knows everybody in that market. I sold this one. I sold that one. You literally would learn nothing by shadowing her. You'd pick, not nothing. You'd pick up some stuff, obviously. Oh, yeah. You'd pick up some stuff, but it's not practical for a new agent to just shadow a, a listing agent at that level. Jill Biggs is doing on her own close to $200 million in listings per year. Obviously, the price point in Hoboken is high and, and all of that, but she's getting listings just because she knows so many different people like I sold there. And when you name drop like that, that's how I used to get it's listings, like knowing people, relationship, name drop, name drop, name drop. That's not a transferable skill, name dropping. Yeah. I, t- I talked to Jill this morning, actually. Yeah, somebody knocking the whole, just open the door, Bobby. This, Housekeeping. This is insane. We're no, good. we're good. Thank you. We're good. We're all good. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all good. I thought yeah. I thought we had the do not disturb up, but yeah. we're, we're here in uh, yeah. Charleston for the Boomtown re- Reunite. Fabulous Dewberry. Is it Reunite? Just Unite. Unite. Just Unite. We're reuniting, but it's just Unite. It's yeah. not Reunite. It's yeah. Unite. Boomtown. Yeah. At the Dewberry, yeah. and so we had the the hotel yeah. service. But I was talking to Jill this morning, and she's she's in this transformation right now where she's really like shifting a lot of efforts away from her to the team. You know, she's replacing herself, which is amazing. And she we were talking about training listing presentation. And she, you know, you know, Jill, she's just like I don't know what the what the f to do, and then like yeah, like, yeah. like I just know she's people. Hilarious. I just go and I tell them what to do, and yeah. they just listen to me. And then and then how do I transfer that? And I'm like, you don't transfer that, no, because you, can't. you just yeah. And that's where and, shadowing gets tricky. It, you know, to your point is you should shadow multiple skilled advisors, professionals. Yeah, that's part, that's part of our, that's part of our training is they have a minimum number of buyer presentations they have to go on, minimum number of listing presentations they have to go on. And, you know, one of the trends, I guess it's not a trend, it's just kind of eye-opening to me. I'm just re- kind of getting back into being a coach again. I'm like rediscovering new teams, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not new, but they're, they're new to me um, from the, the process. And, and I'm just blown away about how many teams still have buyer's agents versus seller's agents. And because an agent's an agent, like they, they need to be able to do both. And when those buyer's agents are just buyer's agents, they have their blinders on. They don't even, they walk right past listing opportunities all the time. Yeah. And so, so I think the, I think a real big conversation that should be happening is that these agents that are new, they need to be trained, not not to be the expert listing agent, but they need to be well-versed enough that they can get the appointment, add enough value to get to the appointment, yeah. and then bring on someone with them to say, hey, I need the expert to come along until they have that confidence to, uh, confidence and experience to, to make it happen. Yeah, 100%. I'm a big believer. It, what I call the outliers mentality. If you read the book, Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell, he talks about putting 10,000 hours into a compressed amount of time to become an expert in whatever field you're, you know, working on, whether it's a sport or, yeah, you know, in this instance, business, real estate sales. And that's what you're doing with your mentor mentee program. You're compressing this knowledge yeah. into a shorter period of Sound time. Familiar, ten, Jesse? We were literally just deals. talking about this about an we hour talking ago. About outliers. Yeah. Oh, well, no, we were just we're talking about the 10,000 hours. 10, yeah, hours. Yeah. Yeah. Je- Jesse's Jesse's been with us for like uh, two years now. Yeah. And, and we were talking, he was asking me like, how's the new coaching gig going and everything. And, and, and I was like, man, it's such a kind of a reignition for me of just like, like, like it's bringing, it's, it's like, I'm having flashbacks, like, man, I, maybe I've slipped a little bit with my own team. Cause I now I'm pouring 
the foundational skills and I'm like, maybe we've slipped a little bit. So we got to go, we need to get back to the foundation. And he was, Jesse was mentioning about like, you know, you're not an expert until you get 10,000 hours of something yeah. of practice. Did you pick that up from that book or somewhere else? I was doing podcast on the way here. Podcast, which was Ed Milet. Ed Milet. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, and he probably got it from, I know the Ed Milet podcast. Yeah. Actually Ed Milet, by the way, great podcast. The, uh, what is it? Max out podcast. Max Style Podcast. I own the domain, Max Style Podcast. So if you want that, Ed, hit me up. I'll, I'll sell it to you. Yeah, yeah I have that. Are you on one Go of those uh, uh, website collectors? Yeah, yeah. I got a, a whole bunch oh of domains. God. I got that, though, before I knew that Ed Milet had that. So, so uh, okay, a little off topic here. Do you buy the one year or do you buy the four year? Or like, what do you do? I get the one year, but they're all on automatic renewals. So your so, email is just constantly like automatic renewals in yeah, your inbox all the yeah. time. Like, I see that and I'm just like, why did I buy that website? Yeah, I what do I have that for? I can't imagine what you go through. Tons of them. Yeah. And some of them we don't use. And yeah. then some of them, like I have my kids' domain names. I have my daughter's first and current, my last name, but she may yeah. change her last name. So then I have her first name and middle name. I have both of my daughter's first and middle name.com and with my first name and my last name, but that'll probably be of yeah. no use to them. I'm thinking the first and middle yeah, name well, is going to be. Well, so well, I have four, I have two daughters, I have four domains for the future if dot coms are worth anything. i was gonna say yeah. like is that gonna be like hey 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 babe babies i got i got your uh i got but, your cassette tapes here for you in case you ever want them <laughs> but i got them and you know it'll be maybe, we'll heck, come maybe back. we maybe we start using it before they you know while they're in school yeah. maybe there's a use for it there or maybe yeah. they're you know little mini entrepreneurs yeah. and, and we can make some money off i'm sure you'll deal. find a return i'll be a i'll be a 90 percent partner with them <laughs> i'll never deal that i give them 10 percent yeah. be, but I'll be oh putting that's up why you have kids i'll be putting up 100 percent of the cash though doug so you know yeah. you're you've got a kid coming right uh we're we're working on it yeah, yeah wife and that's I are going long, through an adoption process you want to talk about that kind of crazy i'm probably not getting too much in the weeds yeah. on it but Hard uh process, but though, right? it's it's a process man yeah, it's yeah. a process yeah we we got them full-time fostering coming up here in uh in about a month. So, so you foster first, then you get... It's like a visiting family thing first, and then so we get them like a couple weekends out of the month, and then yep. it shifts to uh, fostering. So they're at a foster home during the other time? That. Yeah, he's at Children's Home. The weekend? Yeah, been there, been there so it's for like, most, does, most of his life. Is it a two-way street? Like, does the kid want to, like, all, you know, also be adopted is that part of the equation uh you know i you know he's about turned 12 i don't think he knows what he wants i think he's well, yeah it's he's, hard he's, to, he's yeah, been sure. through multiple families multiple turnover in the children's home right. like just not not accustomed to Stability. consistency so uh so you know we're hoping to be that the the you know help him start to learn relationships more than anything right you know just just because that's that's not the world that the, the group home setting is necessarily trained for. They're yeah. more trained for a system than they are the relationship. So That's we'll cool. see how it goes. It's that, interesting. I, I I tell you, it's a cool thing, man. I tell you what's really interesting is, is the training that you've got to go through to become a oh, foster yeah? parent. Are you picking up some business skills? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's just like, cause it's all about human behavior and wow. you start to think about like, you know, it's like 80% of, of, of the people in the United States have some sort of like childhood traumatic Who's the training experience. come from? Like a, like a government official? Um, or? It's, it's, it's state driven and then, state. and then private, private, uh, they bring uh private? companies can, can teach it or you can go directly through the state. Okay. We actually went, we started it through the state through zoom, you know, cause of COVID it's yeah. zoom now. And after sitting through the first one, I was just like, no, nah, we're, we're, we're swapping over to our private so we can see face to face. And it was totally worth it because because like, I mean, it, like 80% of the country has been through some sort of childhood trauma. Mm-hmm. And when you start to like, Especially literally the last two years. Yeah. During yeah. COVID. Right? I mean, could you imagine uh, just, well, just like the, 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 there's reason. so much different things. And then you throw social media into yeah. it. Some of these kids that have the FOMO of not seeing their friends and then they're not, 
It's right. a lot easier to get bull- bullied on online and stuff like that. So there's just yeah. all sorts of crazy stuff. But when you think about it, what it what it's done for me is like when they spell out the different types of childhood trauma, they talk about the most common um, uh, symptoms that come from those things and how they most of most of them can all be repaired with a lot of therapy and training. But for the for the actual individual, but most people don't get that therapy and training. And so, like as I'm going through all this, I'm like I'm thinking about you know, my family and our team mm-hmm. and all of our ancillary services and all the people involved in it. And I'm like, man, it, it, it makes sense why we have so much trouble communicating with each other. And then right. most recently, I just read this book uh, called Surrounded by Idiots. Have you read it? No. Oh, it's it's a great book. It's called Surrounded by Idiots. Write that down for me. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll re-listen. No, no, it's, it's, it's a great... <laughs> I've been torturing Bobby all yeah. freaking day. It's, That's it's why a, I did that. It's a great book. And, and you know, the, the, the concept of the book is, is if you think you're surrounded by idiots, you're the idiot. Yeah. Um, because we have so many different personality types. you're choosing types. who to surround through, yourself with? Well, no, you, you come from so many different backgrounds. And if you can just become a professional communicator, mm-hmm. like every... And this isn't the first concept I've had of this. And so I've, I've told myself this for a very long time, but... You know, if I'm trying to communicate with an individual that I probably wouldn't go out and grab a drink with, I probably wouldn't invite over to my house, um, they're going to be very different than me, right? Yeah. And and a lot of the world just gets frustrated when they're trying to communicate with somebody very different from them. But if you can just tell yourself, and I feel like I do this subconsciously now, every single person you meet, client, agent, friend, neighbor, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If you can just remind yourself if this is true, hey, I've been trained on communication in multiple different ways and know that they haven't, you set, you just bring your expectations down so low that you, you don't get pissed off when you communicate with them. Wow. Because it's just like, you know, if oh, you expect something, like, like everybody goes into a conversation expecting them to understand you. Yeah. Like that's probably the first step. Like if I tell them something. people have common sense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? right? But your common sense may be different than my common sense. There's no common sense. Not necessarily you, but it's clearly different than others. Right, right, you know? And And I probably am the screwed up one. Well, I mean, it it really comes down to can you assess, like there's certain different types of personality types. Yeah. People have been through different types of trauma. People have have different challenges. And and then they have all these symptoms from it, right? And so when you're communicating with somebody and they're not getting you, or they're fighting you, you know, like verbally fighting you, defense or they're mechanism. defensive. Like instead of like trying to just the the number one go to for most people is I'll just say it again louder. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah, they'll yeah. hear me more if I just yeah. uh, if I get more vocal with them. Is that my move? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> you don't understand. I need to talk with my hands now. <laughs> you know? That's my move. There you yeah, go. yeah. I can see that. Yeah. But um, but you know, if you just set your expectations really low and just remind yourself, hey, I've been trained on communication. This person yeah. hasn't. So let's yeah. give them the benefit of the doubt, and I might have to get on their level to communicate. Yeah. That's what that whole book. That's part of what that book's about. It's it's a, it's a really interesting book. I like that. Yeah. Good. Or listen. I like it when we do a book drop on, on the pod. Oh yeah. Yeah, people can get some value out of that for That's sure. Good. That's you know, good. So we already dropped two books: Outliers and uh, uh, Surrounded, by, surrounded idiots. by Idiots. Surrounded by Idiots. Surrounded by Idiots. Go and check that out. Who wrote it? Good do you ones. know? No, that's no, right. I don't remember off the top of my head. So yeah. good. You mentioned um, Zoom with with this whole thing in you know during COVID. How how was Tennessee? Your Chattanooga, Tennessee. How was Tennessee during the pandemic? So I think I almost said we're just like everybody else, but 
I didn't live up north where you live. Yeah, yeah. I know it's a lot well, crazier moved, up there. I, I moved to South Florida up there in the yeah. beginning. Oh, that's right. Once I that's saw right. some of the moves. I'd say Tennessee is more like Florida than it is like up northeast. Okay. Um, a little bit more laid back. But we we still had the shutdown, you know. Um, we got a, a Democratic mayor in, in Chattanooga, and so he took it very seriously. And, and um, you know, when COVID broke, March of 2020, we were in Nashville at the Berkshire Hathaway Conference. When I say it broke, when it like broke in Tennessee, like they it, shut like, the conference down a day early. Like March, you're talking about, or April? Yeah, it was in March. Yeah, yeah, it was in March. They shut the conference down a day early. Where was that? That was in, in Nashville. Nashville. Okay, it just happened to be in Nashville. It's usually yeah, you, said you know that. anywhere in the country, big okay. cities. It just so just happened, happened to be in there. Nashville. So, so two drove. and a half hour, two and a half hour drive. It was easy, and they shut it down the day early. Um, and the rumor mill was is that some, one of the vendors in the vendor hall said they had symptoms of COVID and they shut down this, you know, 5,000 person event. And, um, and then we were like, all right, we'll go home a day early. It was easy for us. And, uh, next thing you know, like we're getting calls from our local association and the other competitors. And we're hearing chatter of like all the Berkshire agents were exposed. Everybody. Don't let all them in 5, your house. People had it. <laughs> and it, and it made it worse from a PR perspective in that brief, brief moment, because i thought I was doing the responsible thing of shutting our office down for two weeks. Yeah. And, but, but Zoom was like, new he to shut us. down because everybody has it. Yeah. Zoom wasn't new to us. So I was just yeah. like, you know what? Why take any risk? We have no idea what we're walking into. Yeah. yeah. Nobody knew it. Like, point, like we'll just, sure. we'll just double down on Zoom and, and we'll, and we'll continue to do our thing. People, then, then we start realizing we're masking and gloving, bootying and, you know, all the different things we got to do. And, and, um, so we kind of got some crazy pushback in the, in the real estate space. And, um, but, uh, but you know, it, coaching for Tom Ferry has, has, had prepared me for this time. Yeah. I, you know, um, I had some, I had some coaching clients, with or for, you're saying coaching for? for, okay. Because I had about 20 teams I was coaching with for that four year run up until September of 20 is when I, when I took a break from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and all for good reasons in it, obviously in really good terms and still a client of Tom's, but yeah, yeah. at the time, but we we're just in Napa with Tom. Like you're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're good friends with Tom. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, but the, but I had, I had clients in, in Texas and Houston that had getting, you know, getting wiped out by hurricanes. The one that was most impactful and she knows exactly who I'm talking about. If she listens to this, um, is, uh, well, I, I don't even mind saying her name, Brandy Laffins and, uh, you know, Brandy, no. You don't know Brandy. Oh, I don't know Brandy. Brandy. She's, don't know. She's, Brandy, she's come in, on the pod. She's in the team world. She's awesome person. Yeah. But like her town about a year before that, she she works the Chico and Paradise market in California. Okay. Like 90% of the homes in her Chico town Paradise. What caught names? on fire. Wow. Was, you know, the the California yeah. fires. Yeah. I was her coach. I had to be a rock. You yeah. know, like I had to be the the person looking in from the outside. And I remember my first questions was just like, well what markets can your team drive to that didn't burn down? Right. You know? Wow. That's and, crazy. And, and she, she grew her team like gosh, four or five X, like from a, from Since a personnel can't count. Yeah. Like throughout that year, she expanded she other became, markets. she became, uh, they stretched a little bit, but they, they leaned into building relationships with the, the insurance companies, I you were say building homes. Uh, no, not building homes, but building relationships <laughs> yeah. with the insurance companies. She became, it's a small town. Like they average maybe 60 listings at a time. Yeah. And so you can influence a small town much easier than you could a real large city, right? You can and be the so, white glove service with the insurance company to make it easier on Absolutely. People. But I mean, they had like Tent City and Walmart, like of very wealthy people, like not just 
not just people that couldn't afford to find a solution. Yeah. So nowhere there to go. were no solutions. You know, yeah. there were no rental cars. There were no, the, you know, no hotels. They were burnt it's down. Insane. You know, and so to to help her through that situation, it gives me chills thinking about it. She had so much more going on in her life at the time too. That was crazy. She had just become the association president. Like wow. all this stuff happening. And so when COVID hit, I was like, this is actually easy compared, compared to, to that time. Yeah. We don't know what's ahead of us, but right. like. We still have product to sell. We're still alive, you know. Like and we'll see whatever is coming, coming. Yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, you know, we all have kind of said stuff like this, but I truly believe I was built for that time. It was awesome. We went yeah. to five days a week on Zoom, and you know, wasn't it cool though? Like to be like, I'm sure you and I probably even did at some point in time. Like, hey, you guys uh, want to do happy hour on Zoom? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we were we were having little parties. You know, That's right. my wife's birthday is on March 31st. Like we had a birthday party of friends all over the country, and it was just hanging out in the kitchen, you hanging know? out on Zoom. So, I mean, we like you. We were on Zoom for a few years before. Yeah. So it was. But but easy. you know what? All the disruption though, even like COVID. That's where like great things happen. Yeah. You know, and I think great things happen for us. Oh, and then you know the real estate business turned out to be pretty good dude. Yeah. Did, so. did more people. <laughs> than ever before all of a sudden want to move to Chattanooga, Tennessee, because no Tennessee's got no state income tax. There's right. a lot of stuff going for it. Like you said, there was maybe it's extremely affordable, easier for people to live a lot of it. jobs. I so mean, was it even more popular or was it just steady growth like before? It's been steady growth. I mean, when I got in the business, my parents got in 04, I got in 05. And then apparently there was a recession between like eight and 11. <laughs> you know, yeah. I say it like that because I'd watch it on the news of like, Hey, you didn't like, feel it in, in Tennessee? I didn't know it until we were out of it, until we looked yeah. in the mirror. I just kept saying, hey, we're in a valley. Like, we, we joke about this. We're like, Tennessee, Chattanooga is like literally a valley kind of surrounded by mountains. And we're right. like, we've got this insulator here. We're good. Housing prices have never really spiked. We've never had any bubbles. And so, so, uh, there's nowhere else for them to go good. down. They're already low in Chattanooga. That was the first few years of our, our business. Now that I can reflect back on it, what I realize is the higher price points took some hits. Yeah. We just weren't working the higher price points. We I got you. You know, we were new agents. We were getting started. And so for the for the average Joe, like like we kind of flattened out a little bit, but our prices didn't drop. And so so um what's but, the, what's but the average we, price we point? started uh back then. No, right now in Chattanooga. Um uh I think the average about three hundred our teams is is pushing three forty. And, but, um, but the market's 300 market is about 300. So that's under the national average of 350. So there's still a great opportunity in Chattanooga. Well, the, the, like California is moving to Tennessee. If you haven't heard like yeah. <laughs> every day, it's, it's a call, you know, I'm really starting, I've got a couple teams that I coach that are in second markets, like beach towns and stuff like that. I now understand what they go through because they get the California, it's not just California, but a huge group of people are moving or investing from California into um, Tennessee. And mm. so, but but now we're having to train our agents differently to like set up Zoom presentations, do the FaceTime showings. People in other like, states. Because because you can't just say, hey, I'll meet you down the road in 30 minutes and open up yeah, a door not, and build a relationship. There. And so, so it's almost like, it almost feels like a second home community on some level because so many people are coming from California. You guys have a lot of the investors right now because that price point at 300 makes it's it seem like you'd have a ton of investors. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I used to keep this kind of quiet. I used to keep this kind of quiet, but well, no, not so much. Okay. Not so much. Um, but I used to keep this quiet, but I've heard him say it enough publicly that I'm going to start saying it now because it's a good little plug for me. Um, but you know, Gino Blafari? 
Yeah, we're going to talk. I want to talk about Gino. All right. So, so Gino's bought me maybe close to 20 properties from me in, in Chattanooga. Um, rental properties. Gino, CEO of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Like, yeah. And, and I met him from a ribbon, company, ribbon cutting when Prudential became Berkshire. He made a commitment. He was going to open up every office with like a be a part of the grand opening, come yeah. come rally the agents, come educate us, and then, you know, hang out for the party and cut the ribbon. And so, so he's buying a property when he came through out, you? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, yeah. not just in not just in my market. I th- I'm sure he's probably buying all over the place. But but, <laughs> but, ten but he called me and he was just like, he called me one day and I didn't know, I didn't really know him. Like he showed up and it was when we were at our last company and I had no idea who it was. He called me, he was like, hey, hey, partner. He calls everybody partner. Hey, partner, it's, it's Gino, how you doing? And I was like, Gino. Gino, how do I know that name? That sounds so familiar. <laughs> Next thing I know, I realized, oh, I'm talking to the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway yeah. at the time. Now he's CEO of Home Services of America. Oh, so the whole thing's like 90,000 thing. agents under him. If you don't yeah. know Gino Blafari, look him up. He's an animal. He, he's, he's a brilliant guy. And uh, and his, uh, his right hand, uh, Dietra's assistant, like she's amazing. And so I've built a really good relationship with them. And and um, But yeah, he called me up and he's like, hey, I want to buy in Tennessee. And, and I was like, and I was like, what do you want to buy? I was getting a little nervous. Like, cause we, at the time we really didn't do any commercial. We're just kind of dabbling in that now, but I was like, I'm just thinking, you know, big dog CEO, he's going to want, want to buy something big. And I'm like, am I actually going to be able to serve him at the highest level? Yeah. And I'm like, what do you want to buy? He's like, I, he's like, I, I'm in residential real estate. Let's go buy some houses. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> and so, so uh, you managing those or you got a manager? Got, we got a property manager. Yeah. Yeah. That, that manages my property. So he was called or is he calling the property manager? Uh, well, he, he ain't talking to anybody, you know, uh, his assistant will communicate via email and anytime there's an issue, they just, they just loop me in and say, Hey, does this make sense or does it not? So, which, which I'm more than happy to do. Man, Gino, he's, he's a real amazing CEO in this industry and he's worked out his way up all the way from the agent level into this position. Did you hear a story? Yeah. Yeah, it was it was uh like You ground... tell story, you know it better than I do. Well, I don't know it super well, but I mean he was groundskeeper of a golf yeah. course, golf course sold, turned yeah. into a subdivision. I think you might have been working with the like a like construction a like little bit. Construction sales. Got hooked up with the sales team, you know, start he was an eight, he worked from the ground up, you yeah. know. All the what way a up. great story though. You know, obviously he built a brokerage and sold that and tarot. Right. Yeah, and Taro sold it. Well, in California. I mean, I guess he sold it. Yeah, he sold it to he sold it to to Mr. Buffett. You yeah, know, Warren Buffett, Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah. But the, I mean, the way he told me the story was just like you know they, he got the call one day and they said they wanted him to be CEO of Berkshire Hathaway, the the new residential uh, space that they haven't touched yet, Berkshire yeah. Hathaway Home Services. And he's like, man, I'm honored, but I already own a real estate company. And like, well, we, we want to buy that. Yeah, we're going to take that, Gino. Don't worry yeah. about that. We Give you a yeah. check. I think he got a pretty big check for that. Yeah, he got a big yeah. check from what, yeah. I, what I understand. Hey, he's yeah. buying all these homes. Of course he did. But yeah. he's running the whole thing. And what's most impressive about, about Gino, we spent some time with him. You spent more time with him than I have. But I got to spend a little bit of time with him when we were in Napa together. And he was at the table. And... To see him asking questions of just regular team leaders, you know, yeah, and you know, people that are have fifty agents or a hundred agents or or whatever, he's asking serious questions and he's taking pages of notes, pages and pages of notes. So he takes a, it very seriously. A guy who's a multi 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 millionaire who is the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, ninety thousand plus agents. What was Berkshire Hathaway the most transactions? There was some stat he was pumping out. He had some stat. I mean, yeah, it was it was transactions. It was uh, transactions. Yeah, I think, I think Compass was by volume. Yeah, Berkshire, uh, home services. Home was services. By, home by services. Transactions. That's all the companies. Yeah, which he's overseeing it at all. It's a massive company. It's one of the obvious big dogs in residential real estate. And to see a guy like that 
always learning, staying curious, pages of notes. It's so impressive. We can all, like, I'm like, man, I'm not taking enough notes. I mean, he's sitting I'm at the table behind me questions. next to you, at your table. Yeah. Um, of a room of what, maybe 25 of us or so? Yeah, it was about 25, 30 Yeah, and, and it was a true mastermind. Like everybody got yeah. to input. It wasn't just he showed up for his keynote and walked out. You know, no. it, was, it, was a real, it was a real good deal. And I mean, he like when we kind of stopped, you know, we'd stop and we'd chat about whatever we were talking about, like group session wise. I mean, he's adding value, but like I said, like really being interested in what you're doing at the ground level. And I'm sure there's a lot of different reasons why he wants that information but it was very authentic and yeah. it's why he's at the level he's at because yeah. he's taking information from everywhere in the industry and putting it to work. You, he's you, not taking those notes and ignore them. He literally had the most impressive thing about Gino Blafari is he had his 20 year life plan with, with him, him in his notebook and he carries it around everywhere at all times. He has his 20 yeah. year life plan written out in paper, always editing it. Yeah. And he's, Carrying that thing around, that's crazy impressive. His, his, uh, I, th- I think what's most impressive, and you've seen this too before, where he gets on stage and he will recite, um, anything. Like he, he has, Ogmandino is a, is a big, uh, he's a big fan of Ogmandino and he'll recite out these quotes that are pages long and, and he lives by them. Like yeah. I, I can't imagine what his poor wife has to listen to when he's probably getting ready in the morning, he's just reciting things over and over and over again. You know, he's got these questions. I wish I could, I need to memorize them, but he's got like, have you heard it? I don't know if it's 20 or 40 or 50 questions on how to get to know someone. Um, you know, and he, yeah. and he spends I've used some of those questions. Yeah. 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 I, I have too. I got to go to the list, but I should memorize them, yeah. you know, but he hasn't memorized. Which is oh crazy. yeah. He yeah, can, yeah. He, he just rattle them off. And yeah. so, uh, but you know, what's really kind of this is bragging for both you and I, but really an honor for you and I, is that he has a coach and it's Tom. Our, and our coach. It's our coach. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's been times yeah. before he's like, you know, I'm talking to Tom and we were and Tom run over a little bit every now and then. And, and he's like, all right, Doug, I got to go. Gino's up next. And I'm like, yeah. that's wild. That's wild. That right? is wild. Think about that. Yeah. It, but, but it, 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 it's not just a, it's not just a, a cool thing to think about. It's like, I got to step up. Right. You know, because like, you know, we got to earn to keep that coach. That's Otherwise, right. You know, and some high standards that Tom's coaching. So, yeah, it's a big shout out to Gino and mad props to him. You obviously own a Berkshire Hathaway home service brokerage, which, you know, franchise, yeah. franchise um, which, you know, would love that. Are you but keeping it real? Do you, are you happy you bought a franchise? Would you? You know, was that the right decision buying buying a franchise? When when did you buy it? So, uh, whatever four years ago, it was 2018, yeah. March 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 April of 18. Um, I so think, is that yeah. a good move, bad move buying a? I mean, I don't want to put it like that. Good move, bad move, I, but you know, is is uh, are you happy with the decision? So I think it depends. I think it depends, right? You said keeping it real. Um, the the brand name is great, right? Um, but before, before I can knock any, anybody out there, including Berkshire, I think you, I think we all got to first look in the mirror and say, are we leveraging it to the fullest? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And, and I think one of the challenges that I've faced, and I call this my challenge and, and I guess it makes it Berkshire's challenge too. Could be other franchise, um, uh, is, 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 uh, you know, for a team ridge, as you called it, you know, the team brokerage, um, most brokerages aren't set up to support teams. Yeah. 
And so, so we've got to figure out 100%. how to manipulate systems, change things up. Yeah. I mean, from the awards that they do down to the CRM, it's 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 not as team centric, right? That's They're right. there, it's set up for it, but it's not there. And so, um, so you know, one of the one of the challenges that that I face is I get so caught up in the brokerage world that I don't take in all these other ecosystems. We're here at Boomtown right now, you know, all these other ecosystems that I've been in for years. Now I'm in this whole other new ecosystem of owners and brokers across the country with Berkshire. And that's the next one I really need to lean into to take advantage of, to get the fullest out of it. And so, so I'd say for anybody that's thinking about like starting up their own brokerage, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to come down to, you need to get clear with your goal. The thing that I messed up on, if I go back and reflect, I made uh, somewhat of an impulse and emotional decision, right? I didn't want my clients to think I was changing brands and because I left a Berkshire and started a Berkshire, right? So I was like, the last company I was at, when I started with them, they were GMAC, then they became Prudential, then they became Berkshire. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do we really need a fourth brand yeah. change to the consumer? Sure. Um, so that was a part of it. And then also I was under a lot of pressure from a time standpoint. Um, rumor got out in my brokerage that we were thinking about leaving, that we had bought a building, we hadn't even closed on it yet. Broker comes to me one day and says, hey, I hear you bought a building. You got two weeks to get out. And I at least gave you two weeks. Yeah. That was very nice of them, by the way. Yeah, well, it was, it was, uh, it, I, had to, I, had to, I had to fight for the two weeks, you know? <laughs> and so, so, um, so, you know, it's, it's, I think it's a complicated question that is very specific to the person. But the biggest mistake I made in it is I didn't align it with like a 20 year goal, like stuff that we've been talking yeah. about the past year or so yeah. now. And so, do I regret it? Absolutely not. There's yeah. been a lot of re- great benefit from it. Um, and there's so much more that we can lean to. Like they have a huge relocation business. What's the term? And What's the I don't term even touch on something it. like that. Um, it uh, the t- the term it, it depends. It depends. You know? we, like, we did we did a ten year. We did a ten year. I'd you say, say it's the probably common. Maybe maybe that's probably the lowest. No, no. I've heard I've heard people doing less. Doing I've heard something. people doing more. So yeah. um, there's there's a level of negotiation in the beginning, and and I would say that that I was not the expert at the time on that. I'm not saying I, I didn't get yeah, taken yeah. advantage of everything. I just didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah, right. You know, so it, we did a good deal. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we got another six years, um, before we're up for renewal and, um, but who knows what six years looks yeah. like from now. I'm, oh, hope, I'm hoping where we get to the point where not, not saying I want to sell, but I want to be bought. Right. Yep. And, and Gino has been buying up Gino or home services of America has been buying up a lot of yeah, the because, franchises. Cause you're a franchise. And so Gino to make sure that you're part of the, like, like a Coldwell or any of these brokerages, they have franchises and then they have yeah like colwell's got nrt right yeah um nrt owns the corporate and then there's the franchises berkshire's berkshire has become more the same way they were really franchise heavy they still are franchise heavy but i i don't i probably shouldn't quote it if i don't know i want to say 40 something owned companies maybe it could be a lot more than that so they may don't don't quote me they may come to you at at your renewal or before or whenever uh, it has everything say, it has everything to do with gci yeah yeah you know so we're in chattanooga tennessee we're in much smaller markets so we do a lot of units to yeah. to catch up with some of the big dogs so but they may say to you hey we want to buy be a company-owned office maybe have yeah. you expand to knoxville or whatever yeah. which i think you're doing anyway i don't know if i should say that but i think nah, you might be doing we, that it's coming around well coming you know around. we did we did expansion once and it worked out really well and um when we opened up the the franchise it got a little complicated because we had a team in another berkshire franchise yeah. property 
it, it, it got it got it got sticky. Um, my lessons learned from the expansion is you do not expand unless you have a leader going there. Operator, um, leader, yeah. A, there's got to be a leader you. there. We we yeah. were really successful. We did it in Nashville. We were really successful in Nashville for a year, and then um, we were just an expansion team. I didn't own the brokerage at the time, and then when I opened the brokerage, it got a little sticky. And so, uh, but it was actually it was great timing. It was great for me to have the experience in another town. Um, we actually rented an apartment and, uh, real close to the office that downtown on eighth Avenue in Nashville. And, and, uh, we'd rotate our mentors and our sales manager and myself. And we almost had someone up there almost, you know, seven days a week. And, but the real challenge that we faced was we had all these new agents that we had just hired in Nashville and, and they, were more of the culture of the brokerage than they were our team mm-hmm. because we didn't have a large team. It was like five of us up there, five agents. Um, and, and all of our support staff was in Chattanooga because it's the way the world works now. Yeah. You don't have to so physically there be there. Disconnect. There was, there was a disconnect. We were actually putting more leadership and more training and more effort into Nashville operation than we were in Chattanooga. But the agents felt as if they weren't getting what the Chattanooga team was getting. And so, but perception is reality, right? And so, so reflecting on it all, I'm just waiting for one of our great team members in Chattanooga to say that we are uh, moving to some fun city across the town, looking at one of my team members over here. Yeah. Uh, that are, but, but, but are open to moving. It really doesn't matter where in the country. That's what I've learned. It's not about location. It's about yeah. the people. So, yeah. I mean, dude, you, you moved to Florida and I'm sure yeah. you think about it all the time of like, Hmm, how many teams should I open here? I know right. you got some other ventures going on there. Yeah, we got some other stuff going yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Dude, I'm, I'm really, uh, impressed with everything, man. I think Gina hey. will make you an offer someday too. Yeah. And you if know, Gino's still I, running it, you'll probably take it. Cause Gino's, asked, Gino's the man. I asked Gino when we first opened and I mean, we were infancy back then. Like we were doing like, I don't know, not even 2 million in GCI. And I was like, what do we got to do to be like, what, what's, what's the bar to where corporate would want to buy us? And back then, I think it it's was a great maybe question around, for the person that could buy you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think back then it was around 13 million GCI. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, that's going to be so hard to get to. And last year we did just shy of eight. Yeah. And I'm like. But the bar's risen though. You yeah. Know? Now it's so, <laughs> so who knows what it's at now? I don't know. But um, whatever. But yeah. you know, the we got some big focuses. We're really trying to expand the team really big. Like I said, we hired a recruiter not too long ago. We got a goal of a hundred agents on the team by the end of the year. Um, and I think it's very possible if we've got the right people in place. Um, we got a lot of new people in place, so so time will tell there. But um, it's exciting to to grow it, and then getting back in the coaching world is is uh, really kind of refreshing in a lot of ways. And so. Yeah. Um, I'm excited and then be able to hang out with you and our mastermind group and oh, in the new ecosystem and the coaching world. Like, I mean, it's, it's pretty exciting. So yeah. no, yeah. I appreciate you, man. You, you've done a lot for me. And if you're somebody who's, you know, thinking about, you know, maybe you got a team or whatever, if you can get on Doug's schedule, he's, he's doing the time very coaching now. So I don't, I don't know how many more of those you're, you're trying to take. But yeah. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. You can always hit me up if it, not me and get you in touch with the right person. That's right. Yeah. That's right. No, yeah. Doug's, I mean, you're a great leader, man. You've got I appreciate a, it. You got a great composure on how you lead, and so I uh, just I've always appreciated. Just trying to be like you, man. No, not like me. Come on. <laughs> just trying to be like you. I appreciate you doing yeah. this. Hey, man. Thanks a bunch. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Cool.